Hey guys, it's Phil. Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. I got a great message for you today talking about staying planted, the importance of abiding in the vine. You know, that's where we get our nutrients, that's where we get our resource, everything that we have need of is in Him. And John 15 says simply that we can't do anything outside of the vine. I mean, our capability is incapable. I mean, we don't we don't have any capability outside of the presence of God. And so I know you're going to get a lot out of this message, and we look forward to bringing it to you. So enjoy. So would you lift your hands to heaven with me? Let's just pray just for a moment. Father, first of all, we're thankful. We're thankful for what you're doing in this place, what you're, for what you're doing in Vision Church and through this warehouse. But Lord, right now, we invite your presence in here. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place with your presence. We invite you in. We ask you, Lord, for ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. And we thank you, Lord, for printing us, for igniting a fire that can never be quenched. Lord, in the fire that's already going, man, pour gasoline on it this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 You can be seated after you give someone a compliment. Come on. Oh, some of you sat down already. Oh, that was tricky, wasn't it? That was tricky. It was unfair. <laughs> uh. Well, hey, would you take your Bible? I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of John. The book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's the first four books of the New Testament. I was thinking about um, our church and how we started. We started two and a half years ago. It was on February 17th when we had our launch date. And and I was thinking about um, all of the materials. When we first started Vision Church, we didn't get to do it the way a lot of people that plant churches say that it ought to be done. Uh, meaning, you know, come to, come to town a year early, do all of these demographic studies and case studies and really find out, um, you know, what your demographics are and, and who you're going to reach and, you know, all the stuff that they say that you should do. In fact, I had a lot of well-meaning friends that gave me books to read and I read these books and I was surprised to find out how many different strategies there are for church growth. And so I, I took a vision, I did a vision board, you know, like you're supposed to do. You put the vision up in front of you so you can see it. And I had it right over my desk. And right in the center of the vision board was a picture of a crowd. And I put an arbitrary number on there. And I got to tell you, I, I didn't pray to get that number. I just wrote a number that sounded good. And I put it up there, and I thought, okay, so, you know, this is my vision, right? And once I got that up there, one morning I'm praying, and I begin to look at that vision board, and the Holy Spirit begins to convict my heart. And I think, I thought, is that our vision for Vision Church? Is it to draw people to a building, to draw people to a service, to draw people to a program, and I realized that I had the wrong vision on my vision board. And so I took it down, threw it away, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. 
I've been reading all these books, I've been doing all these studies, and I've been learning how to grow a church, and I have missed the most important thing that church is because you are the most important thing. It's Jesus. And so I said, Zach, give me a cool picture of Jesus. And so he gave me this cool picture, and I laminated it, and I stuck it right smack in the center of my vision board. And I said, that's our vision. That's my vision for Vision Church, for every person. Because we don't want to lead people to a building. I don't want to lead you to me because I don't have the answer for your life. But I know who does. It's Jesus. And so what we want to do, because Jesus said, hey, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. So you know what that means? That means that people won't call the pastor and say, and say I, I'm trying to get a hold of you because I need you to pray for me. So that God will change some things in my life. But instead, and so they're not left an orphan on the other end of the phone because they know who their identity is and they know in whom they have believed. And so they can pray themselves. They can lay hands on their child and believe for healing. And I'm not saying I'm not available. I am available 24-7. I keep my phone on all the time. Now, I'm not telling you that so you'll call me. As a joke or whatever, okay? But you could call me if there's a need, if there's distress. But let me tell you what excites my heart is when I see someone in need and I see somebody else in our church meet it, that God is able to meet that need through somebody else in our church. That excites me because I'm going, man, people are getting it. People are understanding who they are in Christ and the authority that they have. So I'm telling you this because I, I received a phone call from a local pastor, and he just wanted to meet, just wanted to get together for coffee. So we go out for coffee, and he says, hey, I, I want to know what growth strategy are you guys using at Vision Church? And I said, I said well, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, are you, what are you, what are you asking? He said, well, tell me, who's your demographic? What, what age are you trying to reach? And I said, well, Jesus said to go into all the world, so we're trying to go to all the world. And he just, he almost rolled his eyes, I think, at me. Like, like I was quoting the Bible to him. And I, and I just went, wait a minute. We, we've had this twisted in our minds. And so, all right, so let, let, me, let me get to where I'm going on this, because... He was asking me, what's your church growth strategy? So I felt to ask you the same question this morning, only a little differently. What's your spiritual growth strategy for your life? Because this is important. And so I want to give you this morning three growth strategies, okay? And two of them are going to be pretty obvious. Two of them are going to be like the slow pitch. You should be able to knock it right out of the park, okay? You ever done the slow pitch softball? I love slow pitch. It's when you start throwing knuckleballs and curves that I start struggling. But, but, the, but two of them would be slow pitch. The third one will be one that I really want to focus on because it's one that gets overlooked. The importance of it gets overlooked. Okay, so you're ready for the first slow pitch? The first one is this. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? So that you may grow. Remember that old song in Sunday school? Um, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. You're supposed to start down here. Grow. 
in Eucharist? Nobody? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right, you remember that song. Uh, let, me read, let me read another scripture. So Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake, for they shall be filled. So a couple of weeks ago, I brought up a statistic that David Barton said. Uh, my wife and I have been going through a biblical citizens course by David Barton. I highly recommend it. There are free courses. You can sign up for them. And it, and it, it refreshes you on what your constitutional, what the Constitution actually says. And who has power and who doesn't, who has authority, who doesn't. So it's really good. I think it's, I think it's important for us to know those things. And so, but he made this statement in one of the classes, and I was astounded. He said 9% of Christians read their Bible every day. 9%. I went, Lord, wow. That's astounding. Isn't that amazing? And so... If you think about Romans 10, 17, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so it's that which is put in our ears and in our eyes in abundance that produces in our life. And if we're only reading the Bible, if only 9% of Christians are reading their Bible every day, I think I see where the problem is. So I talked, I talked a little bit about that um, a couple weeks ago. See, because God wants us to have a burning reverence for his word. A burning reverence that we get excited. Let me tell you, man, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be some of us. It should be all of us that when we wake up in the morning and whatever your morning routine is, if it's go and get a cup of coffee and come back to that word of God and sit down and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to my heart. Man, the word of God is so, so important. Listen to what Samuel Rodriguez said. This was so powerful. He said, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. Fear comes from hearing, hearing the word of man, not in sync with the word of God. Who are you listening to this season? Be selective. Now is the time to turn some voices off. Let me tell you, I'm an advocate for knowing what's happening in the world, for knowing what's happening. But if you are so, you should be informed to pray. But when you're so informed that you change the way that you begin to think, it's time to turn a voice off. That you're believing that more than what the Bible says, it's time to turn a voice off. How many of you can say amen to that? So, so we want to watch what we put in our heart in abundance. Second John 1.9 says this, abide in the doctrine of Christ. Abide in it. Stay in it. Oh, that's so powerful. And then he says in John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? So number one, read your Bible. Like I said, I want to spend most time on the third one. Second one is, obviously, what's next? Pray. Read your Bible. Pray. Listen to what Bill Johnson said. He said, devotion to prayer and intimacy with God is the only setting in which we can completely step into the fullness of God's purposes. Man, that's a powerful statement. So it's not about us, when we come in prayer, bringing our list, but it's about us being with Jesus. I loved what Heidi Baker said. I heard her say that God, God wants snuggle time. Sometimes we come, and we come with our list, and he's just wanting to snuggle. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's good. Daniel Kalinda said this. He said, the real reward for seeking God is himself. Now, let's get to number three. Number three is this. Stay planted. I think we highly underestimate and underrate the value of the church body and what it does for us. So I want to bring out a few things to you. I want to read a scripture first in John 15. So if you're in the book of John, turn over to 15 and we'll read this scripture together. We're going to begin in verse 1. And it says this in verse 1, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So we have to be connected to produce, right? And so faithfulness produces fruitfulness. What was David? David was faithful, and so he was fruitful. Saul was not faithful, and so his fruitfulness was not there, right? And so I want to talk for a moment about the benefits of being planted, the benefits of being planted. You know, when you think about the church, it's important to be connected to God and and reading your Bible, praying every day, that keeps you connected to God. But what about this third thing? What about staying connected to the church? Why is that important? Well, one of the first things that's important is the accountability that the church gives you. See, because when you are connected, and what I mean by connected is you're coming on Sunday, maybe you're coming to midweek, but you're involved in a small group. But you're connected to people. Why? Because they will hold you accountable without you having to ask. People hold me accountable all the time. It's great. Why? Because if there's something wrong, I want to be made aware of it. Because I don't always see that I did something wrong. You know, somebody made, aware, made me aware of the fact that there was a couple in our church that, had, that was with us at the very beginning when we started. And I forgot about it. You know, I don't always remember every single detail. And I thought, man, I want to honor them because they were there at the very beginning. You know, and I don't want to forget about people. I don't want to leave them out and just only mention certain people uh, in that. But we need accountability. How many of you could use some accountability in your life? All right. Well, and not just your mama, right? Not just your dad, not just your sister, not just your brother, but people. You, we tend to listen to other people more than our family, don't we? Sometimes... <laughs> Some people are going, no, I really listen to my family well. That's great. Well, I do too. I listen to my family well, but some people don't. Sometimes when we hear what our family has already been saying echoed from somebody else, it sounds different, even though it's the same words, right? It's like putting an exclamation point on what they already said. I do that often in here on Sunday mornings. I put an exclamation point. But what about development? What about your development? See, because this is important. Hermits cannot develop a very strong love walk. Can't. 
I mean, now some of you may have that idea that you want to move way out to Wyoming somewhere and you want to live out in the middle of nowhere, live off the land and not and get away from people. I hear there's not as many people in Wyoming as other places. But, but you know what I mean? I, I just, I don't want to live around people. Why is that? Well, sometimes we don't want our love walk to be developed. But we need people in our life to develop our love walk. How, how do you mean, Pastor Phil? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, what is it, what's the very first thing that, that the Bible says that love is? It's patient. You can't develop patience on your own. You could probably develop just very little. But you need other people, right, to develop patience? Because you need them to do something that causes you to need to have patience. You know, and so sometimes we look at these irritations, these frustrations, these annoyances, you know, as irritations. And I don't want that in my life. And, oh, that's my thorn in my side when all the time God is trying to develop in you the patience and the kindness that we need to walk in and develop our love walk. Yeah, I'm, I'm bumping into something here because I think I might want to stay here for a little bit because I can tell not everybody's excited about this. But that's good because you know what this is? That's pruning. It means that this is what we need to hear. I don't know about you, but I need my love walk I need a strong love walk because not everybody's happy out there. Have you ever met a happy hermit? Why? Because they haven't had to develop their love walk. All right. You guys get that, right? So that's number one. Number two benefit, the second benefit, transformation. Let's look at transformation. He said in that verse, he said, you are already clean because of the words that I've spoken, right? So it's God's word that prunes you, that, that prunes you. Have you ever been reading the Bible and you get, get into it and you get further down the chapter and suddenly the Bible's reading you, reading your mail? Can I tell you uh, about a week ago I was upset with my wife? S- something happened and she said something and I, I didn't take it the right way and I was upset. And listen to this verse. So I'm doing my daily Bible reading. And here's Colossians 3.13. And it says, make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. And then the Holy Spirit said, Phil, that's for you. And I went to the kitchen. And I asked Nicole to forgive me. Would you please forgive me? And she was gracious. She forgave me. But do you see what I mean, right? The Bible shows us and it prunes our life and that was so good for me I needed that and then he went on to say in verse 2 he said every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away the branch that he takes away represents self self needs to die oh oh, thank you Jesus for self dying and then Jesus said abide in me abide in me means to live in so look at number three here's number three which is a new or true identity. God gives you, this is one of the third benefits, is a true new identity. Man, thank God. See, most Christians, they're looking for an environment where their gifts can be used. 
Well, when did it become about our gifts? When did it ever become about you and I having a moment in the spotlight? When did it ever ever become about us shining? Isn't it supposed to be about us lifting up his name, which is why Zach on Sunday is is cheerleading some of the time. Woohoo! Give me a J! Give me an E! Thank you. Yeah, somebody. Wow. Give me an S. Hey, give me a U. Give me an S. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting excited. And that's why he's cheerleading because isn't the goal to lift up his name so that then he realizes he has full permission to come in here. And we create an environment where he's welcome. And he can manifest. And then miracles begin to happen. And then forgiveness begins to flow. And then restoration begins to happen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Remember Paul Young Cho, Prayer Mountain in South Korea? They had, uh, any time, I heard him talk about this, how that when couples were having marital problems, they would come to his church and they wanted counseling. And he would send them to Prayer Mountain to a cabin. And he said, you two pray. And don't come out until God resolves your issue. Well, you stick two people that are mad at each other in a cabin together to pray, something miraculous is getting ready to happen. But they would stay in there. And he said, we, we didn't do hardly any counseling. They didn't have to. The Holy Spirit was their counselor. And because they opened the door for him to come in, he was able to bring healing and restoration to that marriage. Man, imagine what that would be like if we did that. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's, here's, the, here's the dilemma. Leaders will oftentimes spot giftings, and then they'll put people in a position without the character to sustain that position. And it does one of two things. It, it, they feel valued by the position because they get to use their gift. And then what it does is it creates a false sense of identity. It's the wrong identity. You know, I grew up, uh, I grew up playing drums, and, and uh, I actually was a soccer player. Uh, on the seventh grade, I played on my high school team. I loved playing soccer. I was just really hungry for it, wanted to learn how to play. I was left-footed, left-foot forward. And, and then I went to summer camp, and I took my guitar because I thought, you know, cool guys take their guitar to summer camp, and I only knew how to play a few chords, but I came back knowing how to sing worship songs and met a guy there named Chris that just, you know, helped me so much, and I came back, and, and when I got back, man, I, I didn't want to play soccer anymore. I wanted to be a musician, and I began to learn, and I began to develop in it, But my mother-in-law saw something that was going on. She saw an identity that had developed in me in the gifting instead of who I was in Christ. Because that can happen. I mean, the platform and notoriety is not not a good thing to a lot of people, to to people that are not ready 
for God to take them to that place. And, and so some people just look for the platform, look for, for the platform. And so many people are chasing wanting to be a celebrity when God, isn't God supposed to be the celebrity? I mean, when we lift him up, the eyes are off of us. What should happen for us is we, we should drift off into the, into the backstage where people don't even see us anymore. And it becomes all about him. Oh, Jesus. Man, I just... Excited about his presence in here. So, see, your value should never be determined by your assignment. Your value should be determined by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you something. When you can die to your flesh and you can be involved in an area of serving, whatever it is, and and it's outside of your gift and you can be happy doing it, happy to serve, You've reached a level of understanding of where your value really, really lies. Because the person that can't be happy unless you put them in their gift, they value the gift too much. Wow. Number four, last one, supply. Rebecca, could you come help me? Appreciate you. Rebecca's amazing. God's using her in a big way. Wow. Last one, number four. That's a benefit is supply, source and supply. God becomes our supply. There's something about it that when we abide in him and we're connected to the vine, that that sap is able to flow into us because we abide in the vine. Think about this. A mother who's pregnant with a baby that baby receives all of its nutrients from what, what is called progesterone. And progesterone comes to, into that baby, and it gives that baby from the mother everything that that baby needs to develop, to grow, to live. If a mother decides to take what they call an abortion pill, then what that pill does, the very first thing it does is it cuts off that progesterone. And so it tells, it tells the body that now that baby is no longer connected. And so the baby can no longer receive the nutrients from the mother that it needs to be able to survive. And so then what it does is it forces the woman to have a miscarriage. Forces. It's a false it's, the body's forced to do that. <clears throat> but I, I work for a pregnancy resource center. I give two days a week to be able to do counseling for men. And so I began to learn, you know, about some of the process. And I, and I learned also about an abortion reversal pill. It's a real thing. If you don't believe me, you can talk to Dana. Uh, she goes to church here. She's the executive director of Loving Choices. And she'll be happy to, to talk to you about it because we've helped many young ladies with this because sometimes a woman will decide make that decision that I want to abort and then come back and 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 if you can if she can make a different decision in 24 hours it's within that first 24 hours then we have a then she can take another pill which what it does is it floods the body with progesterone and it gives those nutrients back to that baby and we've saved I don't know how many, it's been a bunch 
of babies that way. And so think about this as it pertains to you. When we abide in Him, and He becomes our number one focus, He becomes our number one purpose. In fact, His priority is more important than my priority. His desire becomes my desire. I submit myself fully to Him. Then He becomes my supply. See, we wanted to do the warehouse back in 2008. But it wasn't the time to do it. And you know what? I let that seed, that idea, that dream die. You know, the Bible says that unless a seed dies, when it falls to the ground, it won't be able to reap a harvest. And so the seed died. And then God, in His amazing timing, this year suddenly brings it back and says, yeah, I want you to do it. Now is the time to do it. So you see, I'm not toiling after the warehouse. The warehouse was, was, we're allowed to use it for free. Did you hear me? For free. (laughs) Trying to crack my voice here. For free. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I'm just going, I signed a lease and there was a zero on the lease. And I went, wow, God, that's amazing. And so now I'm watching it, and now instead of me trying to get God to help with what I want to do, I'm flowing with what God wants to do. And God's saying, yeah, now it's time to do the warehouse. And you know what? I don't have to worry about the finances. Why? This is your deal, God. Because it's $4,000 a truck every time a truck comes. And And I just go, Lord... You have the plan. And I thank you for downloading the plan. So so see, it takes the pressure off. How how many of you have ever heard an apple tree groaning and going, "Mm, come on, make an apple. You ever walk by one and hear one? Maybe in Minnesota, walking through an orchard. Oh, come on, grow you thing. No. All that the apple tree has to do is abide. It's not about you and I striving and straining and trying to make it happen on our own. It's about us abiding. And you know what it does? It takes the pressure off. I don't know about you. I love walking around pressure-free, stress-free. Do you know in this church, it was a miracle when this church started because we just had a cut. There were just a few people And I looked at it financially and thought, how in the world are we going to do this? But it's not my responsibility to find out how to pay for God's stuff. Because when it belongs to God, I'm like, okay, God, you got bills. Those are yours. You're going to have to show me how to pay these. And do you know, we never skipped a beat. Never missed payroll. We never were unable to pay for the rental facilities that we're in, the venues that, uh, remember over when we were over at the Apollo, I see Austin back here. Come on, Austin, welcome, man. And I remember he was, he, Austin would come and help us set up in the, in the Apollo because we had to set up everything in there. And, and God brought in the finances. But what happens is, is if you get your eyes off of him 
and you begin to look at the situation and the how, 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 how. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How, how's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? What if? Oh, wait a minute. Now we're on something else. What if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this goes this way? That would be bad. What if this goes this way? That would not be good. Now you're pulling away from the vine in your faith. But when you stay in the vine, connected, you're saying, God, it's not my job to know how because you're God. But it's my job to believe. And I want you to know I trust you. I think one of the biggest compliments that we can give God is to show him that we trust him. Don't you think? Wow. So you have to determine where you belong and get planted so that you can bear fruit. See, people that grow, they plant their feet and they say, you know what? I know this place isn't perfect, but I'm going to grow here. Because I got news for you. There's no perfect place. If you have the feeling that there is a perfect church, then don't go there. You heard, I heard a minister say this once, that because when you cross the threshold, it'll no longer be perfect. Because <laughs> you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. Hey, look around the room, see a bunch of imperfect people. But Jesus is perfect. And we serve Him. Wow. I'm telling you, it's so important that we get planted and that we stay planted. Stay planted. I feel sometimes for people that, my, my greatest concern for people is not so much what the, whether or not you come to vision, it's wherever you go, get planted so that you can grow. You won't be able to grow until you're planted. This is the importance of the church connection. We got read our Bible, we got pray, church is just as important it is i'm telling you so if this if vision is for you man get all in and allow god to speak to you to minister to your heart to share things with you because i know while i'm preaching he's even saying many additional things that i'm not saying to your heart he's speaking to every one of you if vision is not for you find a place that you can plug into that you no, if I just plug in here, I know I'll grow. You know, go ahead and stand up with me here because we're going to pray. You know, <clears throat> I know that Romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But do you know what one of the biggest things is that will grow your faith? It's other people. Oftentimes, it's family members. How do you mean that, Pastor Phil? Well, family members will tell you all the reasons why you can't do that. Or why you can't believe that. Or why that won't happen for you. And do you know what that does for me? It makes me get right back in here and go, oh, wait a minute. My Bible says, all things are possible to him who believes. Because <laughs> what? It's possible because I see it in his word. 
See, when I married Nicole in 1992 on August 1st, I picked a, it's important to have a date that you can remember, so I picked August 1st. No, but August 1st, 1992, when we got married, I realized I could, I, I learned, I came to a revelation. I know, I know Lance is, you know, you've been married 50 years, so you're my, you're my goal right there, heading to 50 and keep on going, man. But, but when I, I realized, oh, I get to choose my wife and the two toy poodles came with her. So I married two toy poodles too. So I got, you know, but I got the wife. That, that was what I was after was I wanted to decode. But you know what I didn't, I wasn't awakened to until later that the entire family came with her. Come on, all the in-laws. Got the crazy uncle. You got the sister-in-law that knows everything. You got, you know, the brother that's the smart aleck. I'm not talking about this is not her actual family, okay? That's just an example. It's, it's called family dynamic, right? Because we all have it. And so, so for the rest of my life, I get to love her family the way I love my family. Why? Because now they're family. Well, I want you to take a look around this room real quick. Go ahead. Take a look around. Take a look around. Come on. I'm waiting for some of you. Some of you are not turning your heads. Look around. All right. Yeah, that's your crazy family right there. Every one of them. That's your crazy, awesome, loving family. And you need them. And they may come to you and you may share a vision with them, an idea, something that you feel like God is speaking to your heart and they may, and they may be the one. It may be this church family member that says, I don't know if you'll be able to do that. And you'll walk away not, not encouraged. But get back in here and get resolved because your family members can help you in many different ways. All right, well, I want to pray for you. Did you get something out of this this morning? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all around the room? All around the room. If this is you and you say, you know, Phil, you've spoken right to me and and I've had difficulty not wanting to get planted. You know, I just, I've wanted to be footless and fancy free and, and there's some excitement to that, but I realized that I need to grow in God. I need to grow in my relationship with Him. And I realized that no matter where I go, I, I won't, may not agree 100% with everything, but I know in the midst of that, God can grow me spiritually the way I need to be grown. If that's you and you're, and you're ready to say, God, yeah, that's me. I want to repent and I'm making the decision, the quality decision right now to plug in. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it may not be vision for you. But wherever it is, you're making the decision this morning. I am going to get planted. If that's you, real quick, all around the room. Be honest. Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, see you back there. See you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray right now. 
Let's pray together. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you came and gave your very best for me. Lord, that you valued me so much that you would do that. And I'm so thankful. And Lord, I know you have a place for me. And I make the decision this morning, the quality decision, to find where you want me to be and to plant myself. And I thank you, Lord, that I will grow and I will flourish and I will be fruitful because I'm planted. Thank you for it. Now begin to thank him right where you are, just in your own way, begin to thank him. If you have to lift your hands, if you have to say it with your mouth, just say thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Vision Church podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow up with our messages from week to week at visionnwa.com forward slash messages. And if you would like to support this ministry financially with what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas and around the world, be sure to support us online at visionnwa.com forward slash give.